Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Vince, you know what one of my favorite songs of 2004 was? What? The Whisper Song. By the Yin Yang Twins? Yeah. And I feel like right now, you and I are the Yingling Twins. Oh, wow. I was like, where is he going? I know. (laughs) You're like, how's he going to tie this one up? Yeah, that's right. We're going to Pottsville, Pennsylvania to sample some of Yingling's traditional lager. And Tom, this has been on our list for a while. It has. We had a near miss last season. We tried to do Yingling. Found out. It's not available in Illinois at all. In fact, I called two liquor stores to confirm that. But you happened to be in a state where they did have it. Shockingly, Indiana. Yeah. (laughs) Two hours away from here. So we're on the cusp. We're like, we're basically, we're like uh, being in Toledo, uh, that distance from a Waffle House. You know what I mean? No, I don't. (laughs) So, okay. So the the northernmost Waffle House is in Ohio. Okay. Got it. Basically, we are Toledo, where they still don't really know about Waffle House, but they're like two hours away from the closest one versus anyone else. Like if we were in Colorado, it it, it doesn't matter. Tom, this is uh, Pottsville, Pennsylvania, which is Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much, yeah. And you are one of two Pittsburgh fans I know. The other one being Fresh Father... Former fan of the year, Carl Papa. Which I learned at your engagement party. Yeah. So thanks for waiting that long to tell me about that. That Carl was... I, <laughs> honestly, I forget about it yeah. regularly. Like, it's, yeah. It's not. That was quite a revelation for me. But yes, we're both Steelers fans. We've been wanting to, to do Yingling for a while. It's a very popular beer. It's also part of America's oldest brewery. Okay. Yingling started in 1829. It is still the oldest operating brewery in the United States. And by volume, it is the largest craft brewery and the sixth largest overall brewery still active here in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. So it is technically considered craft. Technically, yeah. I know we've had a discussion about that in the past. My first Yingling experience was actually in the state of Missouri. And really? I was shocked that uh, my friends were drinking it because they're all AB InBev absolute suck holes. I and then you were going to say scumbags. <laughs> yeah. You could also say scumbags. That. Absolute sluts. It's a were... fucking bike, you fucking scumbags. <laughs> you fucking scum. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Yingling is the uh, angelicized version of Youngling. Uh, it's Sir Founder's name, which is a German term for young person or youngster. So basically, for over a century and a half, they've been catering to the youth. So this is the Pepsi of beer. <laughs> for those who think young. <laughs> Sorry. Do you, know, you don't remember that? I don't remember that one. Pepsi. For those who think young. You're a little older than me, so... I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> like You just weren't paying attention. Wake up, Tom! Open your third eye. <laughs> yeah, so this... Uh, without getting into the whole thing, this has been uh, you know, a German-founded and Pennsylvania-based brewery in the United States since the 1800s. 
And it's been a staple beer, but I feel like it's kind of been underappreciated in terms of the other larger known American beers. Most notably, the Anheuser-Busch family, I would say so. And we're drinking the traditional lager, which is an amber lager, by the way. Ooh. It's known for its rich amber color, its medium-bodied flavor, roasted caramel malts. And it was uh, a historic recipe that was resurrected in 1987. Mm. So for a while, they weren't actually putting this out for the youths. Now it's back in business. It's been around since before we were alive. I say we crack it open. Let's find out if it's better than ever. Yeah. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Vince. Crack clock, RJ. Yep. Oh, boy, that is not a pleasant smell, I'll tell you what. It's not. And you know what? Weirdly enough, this is the first time I've ever had it It out of a... It smells like rubber. I've never had this out of a can. I'm sorry, you're drinking it in a draft? I've only had it draft or bottles. This is my first canned... Yingling. Well, is... aren't you, aren't you, Mister Pittsburgh here? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's take a sip and see what we think here. Okay, good. A little bit, a um, little bit of a watered down amber compared to what we're used to, what we've had. But that's kind of to be expected. I have kind of put Yingling in that same category as Bud, Miller, Coors, Coors Banquet, Miller Light, Bud Light. <laughs> So the thing about Yingling for me is like, when I got introduced to it, it was well after I'd had quite a few of the more famous domestics. So I didn't know that it was as historic and popular as the other ones. I thought like, oh, this is just like an interesting amber ale that I'm having for the first time. So then I like retroactively found out about its popularity. It's like an East Coast phenomenon. Yeah. And I found out about its... Very strong connection to the city of Pittsburgh, which is a city that I have a limited physical relationship with, but I've had a long emotional relationship An with. An unlimited for... spiritual relationship, yeah, if yes. you will. My father rooted for the Steelers in the 70s when he started watching football. Right. Why became... is that? Well, because when he was a kid, the Bears were terrible, and he decided to root for the Steelers, and he stuck with it for his whole life. Good for him. So people think, oh, he's a bandwagon fan. It's like, no, he just decided at age 7 that he liked the Steelers, and that was just that. Just like I decided at age 10 I like the Panthers. Right. Nothing wrong with it. And so then he made us Steelers fans. I went to my first Steelers game in January of 2005. It was the AFC Championship. They were you playing were the Patriots. What, I was 12. 12. Yeah, I was about to turn 13. Okay. And even though they lost the game, it was like I was like being baptized into Steelers fan culture. Your first game was an AFC championship? Yeah, I know. Isn't that nuts? Holy balls, yeah. man. So we drove from Chicago to Pittsburgh. Me and my brother, Matt, we played Madden on a little TV on the way up. It was nice. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, ever since then, like I've just been completely hooked on... Yinzer Steelers culture vicariously. We are actually going back out to Pittsburgh this December, which we're really excited about as a as a brotherly group. And my dad's going to be there too. Okay, but Yingling is like that's like water out there. Yeah, you know? it's liquid gold. More. Or Everybody or less. fucking loves this shit so much, 
And I can't wait to have some out there because I've I've never had a Yingling. I was not old enough to drink in in two thousand. Do you think it tastes better out there? I'm gonna just gonna assume so. Yeah, it's, like the, it's the Fiji effect. Yeah, and I think just my my overall thoughts on Yingling as a as sort of a cultural experience is like it's one of those things that people rally around and they're like, I'm a Yingling guy, and everything else, fuck you for yeah. not being Yingling. And that is kind of like the Pittsburgh Steeler fan culture in a nutshell. Like, Which is insane because they've had so much success. They have had a ton of success. That's true. But I think it's it's more about like just the intensity and rapidness of the fandom. Like every Steelers game I've gone to around the country, it is just like crawling with Steelers fans. They take over the town. They're all over the place. They're very passionate people. And it's like, it's an intense fandom. If you're not a part of it, you're probably like, what the fuck is going on here, you know? But that's kind of Pittsburgh in a nutshell. Not just their fandom. You know, they go nuts for their sports scene. So does Philly, though. Pittsburgh itself. Nice yeah. little town, by the way. But I also think that, unlike Philly, there's a, there's a nice epicenter to the... The Pittsburgh nature, you know, they're okay. They're they are not dicks to fans. They're more just like they're there to get really riled up about their own team. Whereas Philly fans, I feel like there's an there's a little bit of an edge of like you guys suck, and we're gonna let you know how shitty you are because we're Philly fans. And yeah, you know, like I've never met someone who <laughs> was part of a Phillies or like a Philadelphia sporting event that wasn't like. Wow, those fans were fucking annoying as shit. So, having been to Pittsburgh, that was my first. We went for an improv festival, super nice. I love the University of Pittsburgh, awesome area yeah. out there. Um, right by Carnegie Mellon, too. That's There's right. a lot going on there. Andrew Carnegie, one of the America's greatest uh, families. Nice, yeah, yeah, very true. What I was a little shocked at was, I think PNC Park is Beautiful. One of the best parks in the Holy country. Holy yeah. crap. We stayed right by it. I thought it was awesome. Um, and I will just say, too, the Steelers Stadium is in a beautiful location as well, right on the corner of the three rivers that flow through Pittsburgh. It used to be called Three Rivers Stadium. Yes. And I also think that they have the best collective color scheme. All the teams are black and gold. Yep. And they've all had a lot of, like, History within the town. The Pirates have been bad for a while, but in the 70s, they were actually amazing. They were very good. Dave Parker, um, Willie Stargell. There was a year where the Pirates and the Steelers won the Super Bowl in the same year. Can you imagine being in Pittsburgh then? Doc Ellis. That must have been fucking nuts. But Clemente. They're like super blue-collar people. They're really passionate about the teams and you know just the general yinzer culture overall. And they like their yingling. Yeah, so here's where I'm falling on Yingling. As far as relating it, because that's what we do here, even though sometimes we get off track, relating this to pop culture here, the vibes I'm getting here are mass-produced, for sure, but stronger, better. And it's, it's making me think a little bit of some of those entities and properties that kind of follow that same formula but do it well and do it a little differently and one that's coming to mind right now is john wick 
Well, you know I'm a big fan of these. So. I know you're a big fan of John yeah. Wick. And one of the things that I remember watching John Wick trailers was, this is going to be so campy. This is going to be awful. It's just going to be normal action. It's just an excuse to put Keanu Reeves killing a bunch of guys on film. And I also like, it killed me that the premise was that puppy was a gift from my dying wife and I'm going to murder 50 people over it. Like it just seems so campy. And then something wild happened where all the action was crisp. It was done right and well and people flocked. They loved it to the point that there's four of them now. Four, five, four four of them. And that's what I'm getting here from Yingling, right? It has that formulaic, like you get it, you get a 24 pack. You can do that. Right, which is something fairly unique to those big box brewers. But you get a taste of it, and it doesn't quite sink to the level of like a Miller Light or a Coors Light or even a Bud Light, you know, or even a Bud, any of those, right? It yeah. has its own character, and I think that might be the amber in it, and I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it really well at the end there, where it's like, even though, like, Categorically, it's in the class of these like extremely popular American domestic beers. There's something about it that feels like a little bit classier and a little bit more like like a like a hometown hero, if that makes feels sense. Feels better calling this a craft beer than I thought it would. I I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I think that there is one pop culture entity that. Uh, encapsulates the spirit of this beer more than anything else, and it's a show called Mayor of Easttown. Did you see this show? <laughs> no, but I. They made SNL. Uh, yeah. Skits, uh, not skits, sketches of it. They did, yeah. And <laughs> not only uh, because it's set in you know the that Pennsylvania area where people talk like yinzers and they act like yinzers and they, they're drinking a lot of yingling and rolling rock but like before we continue can yeah. you explain to the fine folk what yinz is what the what the yinzer culture is it's like what it really is it's it's sort of like a regional dialect and a a mindset like it's kind of like a slang term for people that live in the pittsburgh and like Pennsylvania area because because if, if like you think about Pennsylvania as a whole you've got Philly is like pretty much on the east coast and Pittsburgh's like almost in the midwest like because yeah. it's on the edge of Ohio and Pennsylvania and it's it's really like I don't live there but basically they think of them as like sort of like the hillbillies of Pennsylvania okay kind of and the meaning is just like it's you guys right yeah, it's like you guys. It's like the y'all of y'all, Pen- Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, use guys. They just say yins. They say like water and water. Like there's yeah. like weird dialect things. It's all about the dialect. But, but yins is like the big one. That's what yeah. they've grabbed onto, and that's right. what they rule. But what Mayor of Easttown did was, to your earlier point, it took a very familiar concept: the grizzled detective with a dark past who's got their own trauma while they're also figuring out this case. But then they just plopped it in this area of Pennsylvania. And I thought it was an incredible show. And it it spotlighted this culture that doesn't really get a lot of shine in Hollywood circles, you know? Yeah. And I think what SNL was accurately making fun of 
was the somewhat indecipherable <laughs> dialogue yeah. that goes on in this part of the country that if you don't live there, you're kind of like, what the fuck are these people saying, you know? Well, so it's also interesting, too, because you lay out Mayor of Easttown. Uh, what's important to note here about Yingling is they've been doing this longer, arguably, than anyone else in the United States of America, even if there was a gap on it. So I immediately thought of True Detective when you started talking about that grizzled crime drama. Yeah. Right? However, by all accounts, True Detective after season one was trash. Not not by all accounts. By this account, I agree with that account. <laughs> well, you're not alone. Yeah. is what I'm hearing. And so, True Detective has that. So, how many like how many seasons of Mayor of Easttown are there? Does it continue? Does it? That's hold the up? thing. It was a one and done. It was a limited series, and okay. that's it. So smart. They went. They got in. and They got out. And like, I'm glad they didn't do another one because that was all I needed. I didn't need to see more cases with Detective Kate Winslet played you know playing mayor um and i think that you could also make the argument that that would have ruined some of the charm of the show like i don't think that that community wants some long-running like pittsburgh pd pittsburgh fire pittsburgh whatever like they're not greedy like us in chicago no they don't they don't really care about those types of artificial spotlights so on that note, Vince, why don't we take this yingling out of the can into the glass? Let's take it in the glass. I'm doing a poor pour here, and I don't care. Yeah, this is what I'm more used to, drafts. My craziest yingling story, if you won't mind me indulging myself. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, my cousin Kimberly got married in Florida. Oh, yeah. She got married on an apple farm. Side- Actually, an avocado farm. That is an important distinction. Yeah. Side note, there is a Yingling brewery down in Florida. In Florida, that's right. Yeah, this was in the in the Florida Keys area. And she got married in an avocado farm. They had to bring out like all this shit. Long story short, my brother Matt and I had so many Yinglings that they ran out of Yingling. <laughs> and I eventually had to carry him out of the you wedding. The kid? That's a big boy. Yeah, very. You carried him? I did the best I could. Good thing you work out. It was more like I shoveled him into a car and then I dragged him into our hotel room. But anyway, a lot of yinglings. That was a good yingling night. That was definitely the most yinglings I've ever had in one evening. So, okay. This kind of stands up a little bit. So it takes a bit away from the conversation that I'm hoping to have very briefly here. Something that strikes me is that intense regional pride and that intense, you haven't had a yingling? Yeah, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. And does this stand up? Yes. Would it stand up to the intense scrutiny that follows somebody putting it on a pedestal and saying, this is amazing? Like when you tell me you have to have this beer, I'm fully expecting this to be like a craft beer seasonal hard to get maybe probably like 15 bucks and that's the attitude that i received with regard to this beer when i was in pittsburgh i was like you have to have this and then when it turned out to be available in 24 packs and cases and was super just like widely distributed i was very very shocked 
and I feel like it does stand up, but like, does it stand up to the amount of pride that Yinzers and Pittsburgh folk have, or even East Coast folk have? Does it deserve the hype? It's a great question, and I mean, I don't have the regional emotional attachment to this beer Which that is those why people you're perfect do. For it. So like whenever I have it, it's more like a it's like a nice change of pace. Like, oh yeah, I haven't had a yingling in months, maybe even years. Yeah. This is nice. Like I don't know if my opinion would be different if I had it all the time. Like I would think of it similar to how Chicagoans view local Chicago products, you know? Like there's there's just a subset of people that no matter what fucking happens in their life they're gonna say that they love a chicago style dog and an italian beef and a shot of malort and that's just the way they operate right right but you know (laughs) not everybody likes that stuff right and it's okay to say that you don't but like just don't say it here (laughs) i think that there's a i think that there's just a natural tribalism that goes on in different parts of this country where it's like, well, we can make fun of it, but you can't because you're oh, not one yeah. of us, you know? I'm very familiar with that with Detroit. Yeah. So everybody's got their thing. And I'm not even saying that pejoratively about Yingling. I think it's a genuinely good beer. Yeah, I'm enjoying but it. But I think it's possible that if I lived in Pittsburgh year round and I had access to it, I wouldn't have such a fond feeling about it, you know? I think you'd talk shit about it with me, and then the second someone came into town, you'd be like, you gotta have a yingling. You'd pump it up for outsiders, but then when they're gone, you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't need to It's have the it. Malort effect. Yeah. Right? Like, no one likes Malort. You get to a point where it's tolerable, and that's where I am. And at this point, it's a party trick. I can have Malort and have it not impact me as badly as it will impact you because I know what's coming. I've had it a million times. I've killed my taste buds. But you're not saying that this is shitty like Malort. I'm not saying this is shitty like yeah. Malort. But, what but it's, I am the, it's saying the is cultural You fence. grow tired of it and you get to a point where it doesn't hit your palate the way that it used to. The first time yeah. you had a Yingling, you were like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> Maybe now you have it so many times that it's just beer. Yeah. But... Second, somebody who's unfamiliar with it comes into the fold. Whoa, this is incredible. You have to have it. I think you nailed it. And I think I think that's partially why I was so excited when you told me that you got it. Because I was like, oh man, like I haven't had a yingling in yeah, quite it, some it, time. It tinkled. You know what it you know what it kind of is like? It's kind of like, you know, when you have like a crush on someone like over the summer and then like maybe it's on vacation or you go to summer camp. And then you just don't see them for like two years. And you're like, wow, we had such a great summer together. And then you're in line behind them at lunch or something. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You like randomly see them in an airport and you're like, what the fuck? That's Sandy from summer camp. Sandy. You don't have to live with Sandy for 12 months of the year. You don't know what she's doing day to day. You just know that little stretch of time you had with her. That's true. Nostalgia. It's a powerful drug. We've had a good stretch of time here with this beer. We sure have. Vince, where are you going to rank this one on your wonderful scale? I'll tell you what. The Vince scale is broken for a minute here. Why don't we jump over to the traditional Pittsburgh man here because uh, yeah, I don't have it for you. I think that 
I think that my thoughts are basically a summary of what I've talked about for the last 20 minutes where because of my physical distance from an area that I revere and have respect for and the emotional distance I have from drinking this beer frequently enough to let it be soured by the persistence, I think very highly of this. And I'm going to give this a a 3.75 out of 5 tops. I'm not going to tell you that this beer is going to blow your mind, but it's a really good beer to have. It's refreshing. It's super crushable and light. And I happen to love the the history and tradition with it. So that's why I'm giving it my score. Yeah, you said a lot of good things there that I think I would like to echo. I love the history of it. It is a very good beer. Here's where it's breaking the Vince rating system. I am having trouble breaking this out of the box of Miller Lite, of these big, gigantic conglomerate breweries. And to me, it's just unacceptable to go up to a four for that. I'm not saying this deserves a four, but as far as like, if we're putting it on the same playing field as Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, it's, you give it a five compared to those. I think this is a fantastic mass-produced beer. Thinking about it from the perspective of all beers and the craft that it claims to be, I think it's a very easy drinking amber. A little easier than some of the ones we've had, but a little less flavorful. And for that, I'm going to dock it a bit. And I'm going to go 3.5 vinces out of 5 vinces. If you can get your hands on some yingling, particularly if you have not been drinking it like water for the last 15 years, highly recommend you do so. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said it very well, and I think that that's weirdly like the absence makes the heart grow fonder is the perfect way to describe a yingling. Yep. So if you enjoyed this description and everything we just talked about, I highly encourage you to check out our other episodes across Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. There's over 150 of them. We'll keep you busy on your road trip. We're gonna be. We're going to be all over the fucking place if you keep listening. (laughs) Uh, But until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers where we have clear eyes, full cans. Must booze. See ya in Steel City. Oh, I thought you were going to say we'll see you in Slater. Oh. Missed opportunity. I recorded it, so you got it. (laughs) 